You are listening to the Cheetah Culture USA show, the only news and podcast in English about AS Cheetadella. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cheetah Culture USA show, episode number 87, coming to you on a Monday, May 29th. In today's episode, it's a very special episode. We have our first guest on the podcast. We're going to be talking to you about the Serie B season as well as the Cittadella recap of their season. Please welcome the host of Lega Football as well as he's a commentator for Serie A and covers Italian calcio, David Ferrini. David, come stai? Pastor Jake, thank you for having me. It's great to be on the Chita Culture USA show. I've been listening quite a few times, so really well done. Good work and glad to be here. Let's talk about Serie B and in particular Cittadella. Let's do it. Yeah, yes. It's, um, you know, it's, I've been wanting to have a guest on for a while and hopefully this is the first of many um, that's on the show. So yeah. it's great to have someone here as well as, um, you know, been following this crazy Serie B season that's been going on for, you know, since August, it feels like it's been one really heck of a season. And yeah, so just David, tell me, um, oh, b- before we jump in, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Lega Football as well. I know you do podcasts over there as well. Yeah, the podcast uh, got that kicked off about a year ago and probably a year ago, around about to the day. So uh, I thought, like yourself, uh, it's always good to have some extra content out there, try and do something a little bit different, like what you're doing with uh, honing in on Cittadella mostly, and then talking about Serie B as a, you know, just as a topic of conversation. Uh, look, as a Serie R, Serie B commentator, I thought that there are a lot of things that are not covered in the English speaking press uh, or newspapers or podcasts or radio, not as though it used to be once upon a time. Obviously, there are other leagues that have spent more money on English uh, audiences and Serie A and Serie B are lacking. But in saying that, it, there's a vacuum to be filled and you're doing it with your show, which is great to see. And and yeah, I thought I would do the same with a few other topics. So I try and cover a little bit of Serie C, a little bit of Serie B and some Serie A. That's why I've called it the Lega Football Podcast because Lega... Uh, that pertains to A, B, and C, whereas Serie D is not a professional league, so they don't actually have a, a leg of D, but uh, they do have a, a, an association, but it's not the to the same, um, I will say. They don't have a hierarchy like a Lega Pro, Serie C, Serie B, and so on. So that's where Italian football's at. Hopefully it's on the way up. Uh, it's at a good level, and uh, so is Cittadella, actually. So it, it's good to see them with another another year at least in the second division. Yeah, yeah. And um, just talking about like, you know, the whole coverage and um, content about Serie B, I think this season, you know, with the likes of uh, Genoa, Bari, Parma, Cagliari, Venezia, all those teams, because we knew at the start of the season it, it was going to be a really compressed league and there was a lot of followers from internationally so i think this season we saw a lot of coverage um, more than usual from the you know the outside world outside of italy covering this league just because of how many good teams there are there yeah Serie Ardue, they're calling it uh, now so and i guess that's because of a few really good playoff Uh, episodes over the past few years, which has included Cittadella. Unfortunately, they didn't make it that time against Venezia, but last season's playoffs, especially with, you know, Berlusconi is a figure. He's back with Monza and, you know, Pizzo with the Diego Simeone sort of nostalgia to it. And the way that some big teams are coming down and going up. Now it's Sampdoria. Last season was Genoa, Venezia. There's a lot of romance in Italian football. And that's, I think, what, what Italian football has been relying upon to sort of stay relevant in the the larger scheme of global football was to live off the lineage of culture from the 90s and, and 80s and the Maradona era and Van Basten and even before that uh, because it's had such a, a heavy prestige around the planet and Uh, hopefully, now they're saying Calcio is a back, but we'll see. And uh, hopefully it is. And Serie B plays a big part of that. I remember in the days, uh, the old days back when Serie A was back to 18 teams and four would go up, four would go down. 
in Serie B has always been so difficult. And we can see even this season again, you can win two extra games like what Cittadella could have done and made the playoffs with 49 points, or you could lose two extra games and end up where Perugia is. So it's it's such a compressed league, like you said. Absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. And really, what what a season. I mean, just looking at the, the table once again, I mean, Perugia and Spal and Benevento, the ones that went down, they were they went down with four, 39 points was the last. And even Cosenza and Brescia with 40 points. Cittadella with 43. That's uh, considerably a really high number if you look at it. And then, yeah, like you said, Cittadella really only six points out from the last playoff spot. So it's... I've this is just really insane because if you look at it like 39 points for Perugia that would have been more than safe from last year in the years before. Yeah, it was so competitive this season and you know Cittadella was on the bottom in December and now they were able to to get themselves up out of even out of the playoff uh, spots, the uh, playout spots, sorry. So you know well done to to Chita there because we're talking about a club that doesn't have a big fan base even the home games they're getting i think three and a half thousand average which is the yeah. lowest in Serie b and they're still staying afloat in a very very competitive league because we're seeing all the old Serie A teams from the 90s and they're coming back the bodies and uh we're seeing Parma. them come filter back up parma palermo teams are going all the way to the bottom and coming back up we're going to see catania do it again now they um they've been promoted back up to Serie C from Serie D. So there there's a constant flow, this toroidal energy of of culture that that keeps going in and out, and it's breathing, and it's great to see some of these older names come. And Cittadella is not a club that we would associate with having a long history because I think I think they were only put together in the seventies, and they're from that area of Italy which is quite dense with uh, some some big clubs, you know, Vicenza, Roberto Baggio territory, mm-hmm. uh, Venezia, Padova. Those are the more mm-hmm. recognized teams from Veneto than, than what Cittadella is. But they've filled that uh, hole, the, the space that needed to be filled because it's not a big city, but they have done really good work to, I think it's 14 years out of the last 15 they've been in Serie B, if I'm yeah. If I'm right. Yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, so it's eight straight seasons right now since we've uh, avoided the drop. But um, yeah, I-, I wanted to ask you, like, what are your thoughts? Because Cittadella did not have a particularly great season in terms of, mm. you know, the the recent years under Venturato and then, you know, previous year, last year that we almost kind of had playoffs, but just fell short at the end. I mean, this was a... This was an interesting season, just because given the 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 big teams in the in the league more competitive, but at the same time avoiding salvation that's that's already a miracle in itself for Cittadella. And I don't know if that was yeah. <laughs> Cittadella fans just got a little spoiled by Venturato's success and just expected more. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And. Cittadella by far is probably the smallest club in Serie B and there are much, much bigger cities like, uh, well, if we want to go back down for, to last year, Palermo, Bari, two of the biggest cities in Italy and they have been playing fourth and third division football and Cittadella has come in. Obviously, there's a good structure there. They've had good coaches and they've had that kind of bloodline come through because if you look at Gorini and Venturato, Venturato was there for a while and he's actually an Italian Australian like me. So yeah. he's actually from the same region of Australia as I am. But um, uh, I thought that was an interesting uh, similarity. But, you know, we've got Gorini there now. He's an ex-defender from Cittadella. He retired there. He he played there for like five, six years. He stayed on as assistant coach. He was then waiting around for his opportunity when Venturato left then he took over. So there is a sense of loyalty and a sense of belonging in in that case. And then some of the players that have been around for a little while as well. Of course, with Serie B, you still need to have a good mercato in the summer, especially if you're struggling, you then have to go to the winter mercato and pick up a few reinforcements. And I think Stefano Marchetti did a good job in, in January. But even the, the club president, now, I don't know what Cittadella fans think of him, but as a neutral looking in, 
I thought that Andrea Gabrielli did okay. When the club was scrutinized back in November, December for, for losing a few games, he said, look, the coach isn't going to be changed. Gordini is staying and it would be better if everyone remained united instead of divided. It's it's not time for drama. The dedication to the Chita shirt was what mattered most. And he thought the players have shown that. And I thought he, he drew a good example of saying, well, last season when we did okay and the season before when we did well, we more or less had the same group of players. Bar, you know, you, you change a few over in the summer for sure. But back then you would say, there was no complaints about people saying the players weren't identifying with the Chita shirt and working hard for the Chita Della shirt. But now all of a sudden that we're losing, the players aren't showing a dedication. And, and I guess it's tough as a fan because I can identify as a fan and then as a, a pundit or a, or a commentator, whatever that is. So you have to look uh, at it from many different perspectives. And I have to agree when you're running a club, because I've spoken to quite a few people that run clubs and coaches and players and all different perspectives. It's very, very different in terms of opinions. When you're looking outside and in, uh, take Napoli, for example, they boycotted, uh, well, they didn't boycott, but they went to a game and they, they refused to cheer for their own team as a protest against De La Rentes mm -hmm. in the game against Milan. And we saw what happened. The dynamics, the energy of the whole Maradona stadium changed. And it really can affect the club. And in times of adversity, you're going to see that, yes, fans are going to complain and they wish that they had all the money in the world to buy big players. Everyone wants a Lionel Messi, but you have to work within your budget. And that's the good thing that Napoli did. They worked within their own means. And I think Cittadella still does that because they, most of their players come in at no cost or it's just wages or a small fee. And um, I think Gabrielli was able to try and galvanize the, the the fan base plus the staff because I can imagine it's it's quite um, I don't know the right word but it's it's quite incestuous I guess when you are a small club and there would be voices that could affect the mentality of a player or a staff member of the club more than say a Milan or Juventus where people can write stuff on social media but they don't even read it so yeah. when you're a small city like a uh, small cittadina like Cittadella you have that uh, less uh, barriers and you have more people that can bring negative connotations to a side and also positive in that sense. But I think there's enough sensible people out there to realize that what Cittadella is doing is massive. Serie A, of course, is like making the World Cup, but also what they're doing in Serie B is is quite good, Like especially for such a small place with, with such a small stadium as well. I think it's 7,000 yeah. people. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's staying in Serie B. I think a lot of us forget like how big of a accomplishment that is, and just with the eight years and stuff. And yeah, like like what you were saying in November, December, when Cittadella were nineteenth in after Boxing Day at New Year's, they were nineteenth place. And you know, a lot of people, including me, like I was saying, maybe it's time for Guarini to go at the the Winter Mercato. But they stayed and it was a really bold choice from, um, you know, Gabrielli and Marchetti fortunately did get it right in the market as they got uh, Crociata, Giraldo, uh, Salvi to help out in the back line. And they eventually made that, you know, the salvation. But in the summer, it, it I don't think he particularly got it right with some of the signings but um you know yeah like i said salvezza always the the main target and really important that we stayed up after as the 50 year anniversary coming up in in june you know with the oh, wow. new crest right. new crest um hopefully new players as well because there's a lot of players that are that are going to be that it, the contract is going to be expiring. So it, it's really sure. interesting to see, um, you know, how Where this at. season really unfolded. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been, they were fighting. And even after the, the Genoa match, I think like five games to the end, six games to the end, wasn't looking very bright because, you know, we had Bari, Sutiro, uh, Benevento, Como, and, all those teams there, it, it was really not looking great, but then they just really came, they grinded at the end, which was great. Yeah, it's tough. Well, it, it's a suffering. You mentioned the word salvezza. It's all about 
survival, salvation. And when you are a club that is fighting just to stay in the division, you have to learn to suffer. And I think that's another point that Gabrielli brought up. Learning to suffer is is uh, is something that everyone needs to do together. And and by that, you pull together and you remain. It's kind of like gladiator. You know, when everyone stays together, there's a better chance of survival. So he said they needed to stick together. They f- have to find the strengths of the side and then try and build on that. Marchetti, um, you know, he was a striker back in his day. I remember uh, he played, I think, lower divisions, uh, Venezia back in the 80s when he was in his pomp. He scored, a, you know, 15, 30 goals there. But he 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 would have an eye for, for an attacker. And I think having Antonucci in a season where Baldini goes and does his crucial ligament was a blessing because it gave it also gave space for Antonucci to to grow and Gorini really had uh, to make this uh, end outcome the end product more than the, the sum of its parts and I think in the end surviving was good if you look at the trajectory of the past few seasons I think since they got back seven years ago they had five playoff finishes in the top eight and then it was 11th and then it was um, 15th 15th now so it's a downward trajectory you need to reverse that because the next one after that if we follow the trend it's 20th place so I think that needs to be reversed obviously anyone that uh, can read a graph can can see that but you know losing a player like Tommaso Cassandro can have an effect psychologically but they got through it it was courageous to let him go because mm-hmm. I've always said he's such a great player. I went and saw Cittadella play live uh, at Monza the previous season uh, when I had a day off. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he's such a great player. Yeah. And to let him go to Lecce, you know, he's learning as he as he goes as well. I think he's only still 22, 23, and he's going to get more game time. But to lose a player like him was big. But you went and took what Sutirol were not using and you recycled it. Crociato was six goals, huge contribution to the, to the club. Maestrello coming in from Renate in the lower divisions came and contributed four goals. And it, it yes. was just enough. And, and obviously the discipline, there was a game plan there from Gorini where he needed to stifle the opposition as they passed the ball around. Because if you look at Perugia, Benevento, Spal, they still tried to play their normal game while trying to survive. Whereas Gorini probably identified, we need just to simply stop our opposition and get results. Therefore, we need to go out there and hack them to the ground whenever we can without going over the top, of course. Yeah. But if you look at the at the discipline and, of Serie B, Cittadella has the most yellow cards with Benevento and a few other clubs down the bottom. I think uh, Spal and Perugia all up there, but Cittadella survived and they didn't. So... It's yeah. all about survival, like you said. Yeah, like Tommy Maestrello, uh, the the man just scored goals like when we needed him the most. I mean, he got the brace against Palermo. He got yeah. the the goal at the San Nicola against Bari, which was a huge point. Big goals, and, big goals. Yeah, th- then he got the game winner against Benevento in a massive, massive win against um, at, at the Tombolato just three days from the end. But yeah, l- like you said, Guarini, I think he it wasn't very there was like a lot of criticism and there still still is like regardless from the Chitrella fans but I think like you said he adapted well and he just knew they needed just to get over the line and now it's interesting to see because I don't think Guarini is going to go anywhere because that's not a very Chitrella like move to be honest like they're not gonna change coaches like like Cellino in um in Brescia, you know, changing coaches every week. <laughs> but I think this is more of a long term. I think he's gonna get another chance, but it'll be interesting because I, I don't think Antonucci is gonna stay because he's been here for two years, hasn't made playoffs, but been a really, really good, uh, good addition for us. Is he owned by Cittadella? Because I know he's a Roma youth player. He is owned. He is owned. Yeah. Um, I believe. I don't. I think he still has one year left on his contract, but okay. you know, they given the interest now. with Serial and other yeah. big teams, I think it is time for the move because ten goals, one assist, uh, in this in this league and for this team, I think it's time for a 
bigger step and just for his career in general. Sure. And was it 10 or 11 goals? I can't remember the stats, but I, I know that when I counted the top scorers list, I think it was only eight players that scored more than 10 goals. And I'm pretty sure he was included in that. Yeah. I, could, I could be wrong. Antonucci, but, 11 goals. Yeah. yeah. 11 goals. Okay. So yeah. he's in that elite category where he's taken the most of his opportunities there. Baldini in October gets injured and he mm -hmm. was the go-to hitman last season. Obviously, yeah. he finished higher up the table and he was class. Like some of the goals that Baldini was scoring were simply amazing. He scored a couple of goals, got injured, and then someone had to come in. And in October, that's a very tough time to get a long-term injury to your star striker because if you don't have much in terms of squad depth, depth then you are, you know, up Merda Creek, if you know what I mean. And yeah. bringing in a player like Ambrosino or Maestrello, uh, whoever it is, they're, they're always they need to also contribute to goals. And we saw with Giovanni Simeone at Napoli, he didn't score many goals like Maestrello, but the goals he scored translated to league points, and that's what you need from your backup striker when they can. If you look at Lapadula lately with Cagliari, just before the uh, end of the se main season of 38 rounds, the goals he scored. Okay, in May, like I was asked by Serie B to to judge who is the MVP of May. So when I calculated it, sure, Poyan Palo scored four goals in a match and another two in May, so six goals. It's hard to to not give first place for an MVP to a guy who scores a pocket in a match of four goals. But Lapadula, his goals directly translated to a winning goal in a game for th three league points. And then another game where he scored the only goal of the match and it was three league points. And therefore got Cagliari to a, to a strong enough position to be guaranteed of a playoff spot and that's what these strikers when they score goals they need the, anyone can go out there and score a hat-trick when it's 6-0 mm -hmm. you know Giroud scored a hat-trick for Milan a couple of weeks back against Sampdoria Sampdoria is already relegated and and Milan were going to win that game anyway whether it was by two or three goals but he scored a hat-trick if he scored a hat-trick against I don't know Inter in the Champions League final would have been a different story wouldn't it so all yeah. of these goals have a different weight and uh, that's what Antonucci and Maestrella had to do this season. The summer market, Embolo came in, Raul Asensio, uh, Magrassi, uh, Felicioli, a few, a few other players left. I think they still probably did better than the players that left. They probably did upgrade a little bit, but in terms of how much class, uh, difference in class, I'm not sure there was such a level, uh, an increased level. With you know, Larabi went to Regina and Benedetti or Quanquo, mm -hmm. they they left, but still, I think Cittadella, the, the Marchetti probably thought, well, we're maintaining our level. But the problem is sometimes when you're the smallest club in the division, you can maintain your level, but a lot of other players are coming in and they're increasing their level. Therefore, you're not directly lowering your level, but other teams are lowering your level for you without you really knowing because they're they're getting better players like Fabregas to Como. And, uh, you know, they've got such attacking depth at Como. And that was third division. But technically, Como is the richest club in Italy. You know, yeah. richer than Monza, Milan, Juve, technically, when you look at what the owners have in terms of collateral. But, you know, the, the, the January market was, was all important. Like we said before, Salvi, Ambrosino, Maestrello. And Ambrosino, only one goal for, for uh, Cittadelli. Got one at Como as well before that in the first half of the season. But still, it's important to have that kind of strength because some players you're going to use as starting players and then you're going to have a lot of others as uh, impact substitutions like what we saw with the, the Uruguayano off the bench. So uh, I think it was Lores. Yeah, Lores. So he, he, he's not really a goal scorer. Used as impact. Contributed zero goals. Yeah, uh, but you know he still hasn't scored. I don't think in Serie B since leaving Siena. So this no. is something that that Cittadella needs to get a player that can make that impact with it, the occasional goal, like what a Maestrello did. So I, I don't know if they're going to. Is Maestrello a possibility to to stay on? Um, you know, I I, I think I'd like to see have him on because you know he he kind of reminds me of like a Divock Origi type of guy for Liverpool. You know, just coming in and the and just scoring like really important goals he may not like have the he might not be a starter he might not you know play every single game but when he's called upon he always delivers so that's yeah. a the striker is 
we, we've talked a lot about the the goal scoring and the midfielders, but also another huge important piece to this this salvation that Chitarella has just done is the, the goalkeeper, Elan Castrati, just mm. in my in my opinion, one of the best keepers in the league. You know, maybe I'm yeah. biased or not, but no, 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 I agree because eight highest amount of clean sheets. I think he got 12 clean sheets through the season, which is quite good in Serie B. It's a very even league, and that's what a couple of seasons in a row that he's performed quite well now. Yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic keeper. I don't know if um, you know if it, it maybe he'll leave or not this year. It's a bit different from Antonucci because I, I could probably see Castrati staying with us. Um, I still believe he has one more year. He he just signed a contract extension last year, so he probably still has a few years left on the last I checked on transfer market, but. Yeah, Castrati has made some huge, huge saves, kept us in the game, really, and exactly. really saved a lot of points in those a lot of those 0-0 ties that Chitarella had early on in the season, that Castrati just made some unbelievable saves, and that's what got him a Albanian, Albanian national team call-up, which is uh, fantastic for him. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And it's kind of like the Mignan effect that at Milan, if they didn't have him, they'd lose a lot more games. They'd probably be a mid-table side. But when you've got a goalkeeper that's going out there, I always say having a good goalkeeper is just as important, if not more important, than having a super striker. Because if your striker goes out there and scores one or two goals a game, he's considered a hero. But a goalkeeper probably makes three or four good saves in a game. So it's you're actually yeah. making sure that your striker doesn't have to go and score three or four goals. And Castrati has been good, and especially when you consider that they have a, a frugal amount of spending <laughs> when it comes to defenders. You've got Frade, who was the most used defender. I think he played 28, 30 games, and these are not big names. Petticone, 36 years of age, played yeah. uh, 20, 25 times. Daniele Donnarumma played uh, 20 games, and there, there, there was a lot of toing and froing for Gorini with, yeah. with his defenders. And when you don't have the strongest defense, they conceded 45 goals and only scored 34, still survived, and you have to have a, a class goalkeeper. And that's something that Castrati brings to Cittadella. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, reminder that Castrati was brought in in 2020 as the backup keeper. He wasn't really supposed to be the number one. It was Luca Maniero who was getting the starter after Pagliari left for Genoa. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was Maniero got COVID in one of the games. And then it was Castrati's turn. He got the, the call up and. Yeah, he was um, he, he was the he was the number one ever since. He took his chance. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, Provedel did at Lazio. Brought in as a, a second or third choice keeper in the opening round of Serie A this season. The the other, I think, it was Uruguayan keeper uh, Maximiliano was sent off after five minutes. They had to make a sub. They took off an outfield player. In comes Provedel, and then he kept his place for the rest of the season. So yeah. sometimes you have to take your chances, and uh, he did. Castrati's done it. Yeah, yeah. So it's been great. Um, all right. So, so let's move on a little bit to the Serie B season because I, I know we said um, you know, of already like how competitive it was, but I want to ask you, what do you think was who do you think kind of overachieved and who underachieved? Because I believe I, I said in the beginning of the season that Bari was gonna be a very good team and yeah, they they've been they've been third place. I mean, they're they're playing in a few hours in the semifinals. But you know, any teams that you thought were going to be good and didn't quite live up to the expectation? Well, I thought overachievers. I would say Frosinone only because they they only just missed out on the playoffs last season, similar to what Palermo did this season with the bottling a few uh, games at the end of the season and missing out on a goal difference and head-to-head, the same points as eighth place, but finishing ninth. And I didn't think that Frosinone would go out there. Uh, I thought that, and, and do what they've done, I thought that they actually probably detracted from what they had uh, under Fabio Grosso last season. But they've gone out there and they have maintained that and built on it and, and increased the level and gone out there and blitzed a lot of teams. So I thought Frosinone overachieved. I, I I was even still contemplating, are they going to make the playoffs? And they went out there and they scored the most points. Uh, they were brilliant to watch. They made a, a few good reinforcements, not too many, but 
just the right tweaks. Modena, I thought, are another team that overachieved. I thought they would be the weakest of the Serie C teams that came up, and they finished mid-table. And also another overachiever is Luca Tremolada, who is kind of like an attacking midfielder for Modena. He uh, got them to where they are with 12 assists for the season. That's incredible. Uh, Cosenza, another overachiever every year, just not finishing in the bottom three for them is overachieving. Yeah. It, so, it, it's incredible. Like, like Cosenza, every time you think they're dead, they, they, they pull like a unbelievable result. Like the game against Regina, they were down one nil at 90th minute and then came back to win. And then they got the ridiculous win against Frosinone at the Stadio Benito Sterpe. That's huge. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something that, that Cittadella did as well, didn't they, this season? They went there and, and won. Uh, I think it was a 1-0 win. If I uh, they, they didn't win at the Sturpit. That was the game that Perticone got a red card and lost 3-0. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, uh, I think you're thinking of Genoa at the... Ah, the okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. beat Genoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess Frosinone is a, is a different animal. I'm sure uh, Look, Genoa's in their category as well. We all know that. But uh, yeah, Cosenza is kind of like that. When you go to a morgue and you think all the bodies are dead, but all of a sudden one springs up with a sheet on top of it and it's uh, the body comes back to life. That is Cosenza. Somehow they keep coming back from the dead. Sutirol is another team that I didn't expect to finish in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I thought like Modena, they would really struggle. Uh, I thought they would be naive. But I guess, that, look, they changed coaches during the summer. Javucic was the coach that brought them up from Serie C, and I'm sure that if he could choose again, he probably would have stayed there instead of going to Venezia. Uh, but look, both of those clubs finished in the in the top eight. Yeah. And uh, I think Ven- Venezia was an underachiever, to be honest. Sutero was an overachiever. Uh, Benevento, another underachiever. I thought they would have a crack at uh, getting promoted and finishing in the top three or four. I, I, I watched a lot of their games last season as well. And they've got some great players, which we'll get to uh, because I think uh, Cittadella need to start to make a short list about some of these players that are going down to Serie C. Uh, yeah. But Spal, another underachiever. Como, I thought with the, the money they have behind them and the organization, they've got a lot of uh, good people at the club. I thought they underachieved. And yeah, so that, that that's my list of overachievers and underachievers in Serie B. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's funny because Venezia, even though they did make playoffs, you, you got to remember, like just a few weeks ago, they were fighting for relegation. It was only that streak of wins at the end that just got them there. But um, yeah, I, I thought Palermo really overachieved as well, even though they yeah. they missed out at the final day. Um, I I put them in the relegation zone. Uh, so so. That... Yeah, the only reason why I didn't is because the city groups behind them, and I knew that they do whatever was needed to to make sure yeah. they didn't go back down to Serie C because it's the same group that owns Manchester City, New York City, Melbourne City. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a big, big uh, conglomeration. Well, conglomerate, we'll we'll say. So it's it's a it's a different animal now, Palermo, compared to last season. But yeah. It's still surprising that a team from Serie C can come up and and do that well, and they were in the top eight for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think no surprises with Coyote and Parma finishing in the playoffs. Um, I yeah. think honestly, they're they might be the favorites in the playoffs now. I mean, obviously they're playing against each other, but I agree. Even though Bardi are third place, I don't know. No, I don't think so. It, I don't uh, think. It's it's hard because. They do have the home field advantage if they do advance, but will the nerves really get to them? And Parma and Coyote have that, you know, experience in them. It's it's hard to bet against them, but you, yeah. you never know. They're a hardened team, Cagliari, and they've got match winners. They've got Lapadula. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the battle of the the big two strikers on the weekend, Venezia and Cagliari. Poyan Paolo. Lapadula. Won the battle. Uh, you know, he's the couple Cananiere. He's uh, he's going to be named the MVP of the season. Poyan Palo did well to win two months in a row to be the MVP, but uh, it's Lapadula uh, all round. You know, he's scoring goals for fun at the moment. And to score goals like that, unerring finishes in, in against Venezia in a knockout match. There's only one game, remember, in the first round of the playoffs. So, yeah. He's he's a very difficult player to to play against. Parma, I think it'll be out of those two to see. For me, it's the winner of Cagliari and Parma, the favorite to win the final. But of course, Bari 
finishing third in the rankings will have the final if they make it to the they'll have the second leg at home is what, what i mean to say if they make it to the final so and, it's and all about the second the, leg. the tiebreaker or the 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 rule if, if it finishes after 90 minutes they'll sure. advance even with the draw so yeah that's yeah. um well, we saw Monza last year advance and they won it in Pisa in the second leg. So you can still get up, but you need the players and uh, you need momentum. And Barty have a history. I don't, I'm not sure if you know Jeremy Bowling, but he's a Barty fan and he's done a couple of pods recently. And uh, I've gone and had a listen, apart from yours, I went and had a listen to the the Genoa pod as well. And he was on there talking about Barty because he lives in Barty as well. Mm-hmm. And Barty have a history of... of uh, bottling it right at the end so we'll see what happens there they've got a big home stadium big home crowd they're getting 40 50 000 people to the stadium which is obviously good for income they're owned by the Delarantises who own napoli and it's a big difference to cittadella so yeah uh, this is the difference in funds that are coming in if you're getting three thousand to a game you have a, a limited uh mercato so oh, and i think yes. that, that, you know I, you I would miss, know you would know i miss the playoff feelings and uh you know that that feeling of you know w- waking up on the play- playoff day and it's just you have that butterflies excitement nervousness and i i hope we get back there uh sometime soon but um yeah before we go do you want to uh just the predictions any final predictions on who's going to make the jump and also the relegation who's uh cosenza having that one nil advantage over brescia yeah, well, I'll I'll tackle relegation first. Uh, there's a guy called Andy Wallace who is quite good with the the lower sides in uh, Serie B, Serie C, and he follows Serie C a lot, Serie D. And the issue with whoever loses this playout is that they might still be able to play in Serie B next season based on a couple of other clubs uh, failing. So yeah. I think Cosenza obviously has the advantage now they know how to get the job done uh brescia would have that sinking feeling losing the first leg but they are at home in the second leg so who knows but it's all about marco nasty that that left winger at cosenza the milan owned boy he scored in the first leg i think if if he can be courageous enough to really try and get the second goal in the second leg i think cosenza will stay up um and andy wallace is he's known as Kakerata Calcistica on on Twitter. He he's really good with uh, fiddling out who is who the possibility of actually going down compared to okay I lost the playout and I'm definitely going down. So Serie yeah. Chi has this thing where a lot of clubs cannot financially afford yeah. to stay in the third division. So it might be the same thing for like what we saw with Kiev a couple of years ago. So yeah. It's- Okay, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we're back. Um, David, you were talking about the relegation playout, um, you know, Cosenza having that lead, but going to the Rigomonti and Brescia um, coming up on Thursday, I believe, is the next game. It is, yeah, second leg. So, look, I think it'll go down to the wire. Somehow, I think Cosenza will do it. Brescia buoyed on by their home advantage, the the home crowd. Hopefully, they they get a lot of people there to support them. Very different season for Brescia, going from nearly making a playoff final, losing to Monza last season in the semis, to having to play out this this year. Very different feeling, and you would know that yourself, Jake, with the Cittadella, uh, you know, not doing as well as previous seasons. But it's it's all about getting there and supporting, not just in the good times, but also in the tough times and and hopefully Brescia gets a good turnout. I think Cosenza might do it though, uh, just to, you know, create a few more groans in the North in Lombardia for the Bresciani. But um, in terms of uh, play playoffs, we'll go to, uh, I think Cagliari definitely for me would be the favorite if they can make it only because they have big Gianluca Lapadula. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to trust Parma sometimes because you could see them. They could beat Frosinone, but then lose to Cosenza or um, tie, blow a 2 nil lead to Benevento. So, But they are hitting form at the right moment, Parma. Um, I think they are, what is it? They're undefeated in a lot of these last, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, yeah, they haven't lost since March 18th. So they're in really, really good form right now. Um, but like I said, it's it's hard to really trust them. And for Sutiro, I think they'll make it very hard in the game coming up 
against Sparty, kind of similar to Regina, where just just a tough team to break down, at, especially in Bolzano. But going back to the San Nicola, I think if the game ends is is very tight, I think Bari will advance to the final. Yeah, Sutarola are a team with soldiers. They're no big names, but they get the job done. I think they had the third best defense in the league, yeah. which is what got them into the playoffs. So they didn't score too many goals. And they, they only think... they only scored a, a handful more than Cittadella, who finished 15th. So yeah. they aren't a very good... They're, they're just very productive. They're, they're efficient in front of goal. Like with... It's all about goal creation, Jake. And Chita were third lowest for goals scored, last for goal assists. Uh, Sutero was sixth last for goals and fourth last for assists. So that is a point to, to, to prove what we're saying here is that it's, it's sometimes it's about mentality and getting the results. Even though you're not scoring many goals, you can still get results by defending to the very death. And I guess... Penalty kicks can also help out a bit. I think Cittadella did quite well with penalties in terms of the amount of goals they got. I think they got 15 or 20% of their goals from the spot. It wasn't that many. It was probably half a dozen. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you compare it to Bardi, I think who got uh, Most 10 penalties. penalties. Yeah. yeah. But but also it kind of equated to the same percentage as Cittadella. But then you look at the under, other end of the spectrum, Frosinone, 61 goals and only two penalties. You know, that yeah. accounts for one or two percent of their overall goals. Then there's Cosenza with three percent, Tednana with eleven percent. So it really depends on how you can you can get your goals, what they actually mean. Uh, it could be a one nil win, a gritty one nil win, which with Shitadella try and, and go for most games, just yeah. try and uh, hack the other team in, in you know into submission and try and get a one nil win or a nil nil. But, you know, hopefully they have a good Mercato because there are some yeah. really good players available. If you want to have a look at Spal, Benevento, Perugia, you can get on the phone to Marchetti and Gorini now. <laughs> Gennaro Acampara is a really good midfielder. Box-to-box, uh, -box, he's with Benevento. I'm not sure what his situation is, but then there's, you know, you look at the other relegated sides. Lorenzo Dickman from Spal, he'd be great at right back. Gabriele Moncini scored nine goals there. Yeah, ex Cittadella too. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. And and Gaetano Letizia, 32, but still can play on either flank at the back. And, and this is what I think Cittadella need to do is get a little bit more creative from the back as well. The progression up the pitch. Uh, Filippo Sgarbi is a Perugia defender who's, who would be going down to Serie C. And he's a really talented guy. Uh, and only, I think he's 25. Uh, you've got Raide Matos there as well, who's a gifted, creative kind of player. He's about 30. Uh, so what does Marchetti do here? We'll see what happens in the summer yeah. mercato. It's uh, you know, like you said, Cittadella is never gonna go out and spend, you know, million, two million dollars or euros on on these huge players. They would rather get someone for free and playing in Serie C mid table or That's whatnot. It. And th th sometimes they do work out. And um, yeah, like like my, like Maestrello, uh, coming from Renate. And, uh, you know, uh, another player that we didn't mention was Giacomo Beretta, who didn't have the best of seasons and was eventually moved out to Foggia in Serie yeah. C. But he did score a goal, a late winner against Frosinone back in September, which I don't, I don't know if uh, I have to do the math on the tiebreakers, but that could have that could be the goal that have sent us, um, kept us in the league, really. Uh, against all uh, everything, so it, it's... when it's that close, every goal counts, every league point counts, every draw, everything counts when you're in the bottom half of the exactly. table. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be this is going to be a really interesting market because there are some players that I think will be on the move, like Antonucci and possibly Castrati. Will Perticone retire because he's been hinting at that his contract is up um, at the end of the season. Then you got the likes of Frare in the back, who's been here for a while. Um, Donnarumma on the left, um, Giraldo. He has a year and a half loan from Regina. Interesting, but it'll be interesting to see if they they would like to keep him. Who knows? But uh, yeah, also like the the heartbeat of the team that I don't think we really covered much was uh, Branca as well. The center mid, he's just absolute unit in the center, and he's really. I, I think a lot of people underestimate his uh his importance in the midfield 
Absolutely. Simone Blanc has been immense and has been for quite a while. It's That midfield in general is is quite uh, solid. Vita, Crociata there now. Uh, I don't know what Crociata's situation is. I guess he's going to go back to Ampoli. And yeah, he's, he's, on, he's on loan. Ne- never fall in love with a loan player. That's the rule <laughs> of club football. It's just a fling. It's just a fling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see who they bring in in the summer. And hopefully... We'll see a stronger season, maybe a little bit more confidence about the club, but I think Gabrielli and Gorini and Marchetti uh, are doing okay. Yeah, yeah, and obviously celebrating 50 years, um, luckily in Serie B. Um, it would have been really hard if we went down, but um, yeah, happy to stay in the league, and it's uh, really all comes down to the summer market and what uh, Marchetti really wants to do, because... We got some big Serie B season coming up. I mean, obviously, there some big teams are leaving, like Genoa and possibly Parma, Cagliari, Bari, whatever. But you know, we got Sampdoria coming down. Um, assuming they could, if they don't go bankrupt and don't go down even further, but uh, Cremonese is going to have um a lot more. I, I'm guessing a lot more financial backing, and just there'll be a better team equipped to sign these big players and um obviously Hellas Verona or Spezia coming down you got Catanzaro coming up uh Ferro Pisalo which is it's going to be interesting their first time um we got Simone and Cardi on loan there so it, it's it's going to be uh another hard leak I like like Serie B always is but uh it'll be I, I'm excited for it It'll be worth the suffering again. And, and you know, it'll it'll be a suffering if they're languishing down the bottom. But even if they do, you know that they can still get out of the mess like they did this season. Yeah. And it, it's all about who they're modelling themselves on as a club because obviously there's no point modelling Cittadella on Inter or Juventus. Generally, You've got to look yeah. at a Spezia, something like that, where it's a small stadium, smaller town. And you can see Spezia, even though they're struggling this season, this, they've been in Serie A for three years. And I guess once you get that Serie A status, if Cittadella can get there, then the money starts to flow a lot more. And the sponsorships come in, TV rights money, all these kind of things, you can spend more money. But we even saw with Crotone when they went up three years ago, that I think they spent $5 million in the summer. They didn't spend big amounts of money, a lot of free players coming in. And I think three of those five, we're on uh, the young Chilean kid that came over and he's been playing Serie Chi ever since. So I don't know what happened with that transfer. I think it was Rojas is his name, but uh, you don't need to spend big money to stay in the top division now. You look at Salernitana, for for example. Yeah, I was just it. about to say them too. Yeah, like they're survived another season quite comfortably actually um, this year. So Well, they've grown if, even more. Yeah. 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 And if, if you know... Cittadella, I think just they got to get there somehow. Like just they're they're just missing the one that one step. Like just and it's just it's interesting to see like how they do because they could easily become a Benevento in like that that year where they had like fifteen straight losses or whatever. Um, they could end up like that, or they could really surprise everyone and finish like Spezia or even bigger if you want to really challenge yourself, kind of like Sassuolo in a little bit of a way, you know, coming up for there. Great example of a club with a, with a from a small part of Italy and they've been able to get it together. Obviously they've got money. Sassuolo have a lot yeah. of money through their, their owners, but yeah. still, yeah, you can, you can definitely get some, a project happening and maintain Serie A status. I think it's 10 seasons now for Sassuolo in Serie A or, even more but th- yeah it, it's all about if Chita can harness the, the powers uh, look at the projects from the previous decade or so and see how it's done in this time in this point in history it's very different to how it used to happen where we used to have minimum eight to ten Italian players out there which Cittadella is quite good for a lot of Italians out there so at least they're giving homegrown talent a run which is a point we haven't brought up but a lot of these uh, clubs now are just going to South America, Africa, getting the best talents there, cheap, bringing them over and winning. Whereas Cittadella, I think Padova also do it where they, they play a lot of Italian-born players, which is great. So we need, you know, everyone's complaining, oh, there's not enough youth playing in Serie A. Well, 
sorry, it's the big three clubs that are making sure that that's happening because there's a trickle-down effect. If they just go abroad so that they can compete in the Champions League and go and get the, the best players from foreign markets, well, of course, it's they're going to set a, a tone for the rest of the, the Serie A and they're going to set a tone for Serie B, Serie C. And if you want to watch Italian talent, you go to Serie B now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's There's a lot of um, really good Italian uh, talent there. And, you know, j- just like in the U20 World Cup right now, Ambrosino just got a goal and assist for uh, Italy in their last match. But it's it's really uh, great. And I, I think I, I have a strong feeling Antonucci is going to be in that picture soon. And, uh, yeah, j- just keep on getting that youth uh, built up. Yeah, yeah, just keep the momentum going. And it's good to see Cittadella still going strong. It would be a shame to see them go down to Serie C. So absolutely, I think they can build on this project. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, something to keep an eye on. All right, If is there any uh, other things you want to catch upon or uh, discuss in this? Uh, look, we've covered a lot of uh, Cheetah and Serie B. We'll see how it pans out. Um, still a couple of weeks left to go before we know who the third team is going up. But uh, and the, we know that definitely coming down too. Stump is coming down, and so is Clemonese. And I don't know who you think is the the other side. We've got one round left of Serie A. I think it might be Spezia. Mm-hmm. I think Verona might have a well. The Verona actually has to play away at the San Siro against Milan, but Milan have now qualified for Champions League. So yeah. I think they might and put a second. C- correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a do they go into a playout if it's uh, if it they're they're tied on points or is that just for the Scudetto and? Uh, for the the no, it goes on head to head and goals. Uh, so Spezia would have that because uh, they won not, at the Bentegodi. Yeah, if they've won, if they've got the head to head, they'll stay up. Yeah, that's the first. That's okay. the first rank. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, it'll be uh really interesting to see how that falls. But anyway, uh, David, thank you so much for having me on. Or <laughs> not uh, having... Jake. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's been great. Um, you know, fantastic. Uh, tell the people where you could they could find you um, on Lego Football or Twitter, Instagram. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like Jake with his Twitter account, you can find me there uh, at uh, David Freeney underscore is my personal one where I talk about all things sort of, uh, you know, culture away from Lego Football is uh, where we just sort of retweet a lot of stuff we do have a, a youtube channel for lego football as well it's l-e-g-a just like lego r lego b uh so at lego football there we've got the youtube channel we have a, a tiktok as well and yeah it'll be good to to have more people follow and uh make sure you hit the the follow button subscribe on all the platforms like you spotify apple and uh, deezer and all the rest of them thanks Yep. Uh, thank you, as always, for uh, joining us. And it's it's been really, really fun to talk about Cittadella, but not only that, but Serie B as well. So yeah. if you are uh, looking for me, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at USA and visit our website at CittadellaUSA.com for more uh, content about Cittadella. And that's going to be it for us today. Um, for me and David Farini, thank you for listening to the Cittadella USA show. And as always, Forza Cita.